Legends once told of a podcast lost now in the sea of time. These ancient recordings spoke of games and the arcane art of HTML5. Today, Jeff Blair and Matt Hackett bring these words back to life. It is lost cast, and may your ears receive it. Welcome to Lost Cast, episode 26. I'm Matt Hackett. I'm Jeff Blair. And this is our one-year anniversary episode, which, if you do the math, it works. Because 52 weeks in a year, if we were doing one episode every two weeks, that would be 26 episodes. Which, for a while, we were doing one right. episode every two weeks, but then our schedule got all... Uh, what's a good word for that? Mangled? <laughs> burned? Took on too many projects, I guess. Yeah, well, we had to we had to wait, but then you know, for a while, we also had more episodes, uh, or it happened more often than than once every two weeks. We did a lot of interviews too, which helped. It was yeah, easier wow. to produce episodes. The momentum uh, on those interviews really uh, stopped for a while. It was every other episode. Well, it was back when we made a point of like reaching out to people and scheduling time when they could come by and we could meet up wherever. I think part of it was also because that's when we were working at Game Closure and we were probably. Uh, largely bored <laughs> maybe but i didn't say that so we're gonna talk about each of our uh 25 other episodes and it's um we're gonna start with episode one. Oh, and at the end we're gonna give you an update on uh project warhead the game we've been working on for a month almost and a half yeah so uh this podcast will be published november 18th happy november 18th happy lost cast one year. Do you have all the episodes up? I do. Yeah, I have a tab open Whoa. for every single one. You have like 9 billion tabs open on your brand new MacBook Pro. Yeah, 13 inch retina display. I, I'm jealous. I have MacBook Pro Envy. It's pretty nice. I like it. Um, it's, I don't know, I really dig the 13 inch. And how's the retina going for you? It's pretty great. I didn't think that I would care all that much, but I actually do. It looks really sharp. We, we were comparing when I first went down to, or up to Jeff's to work on Tuesday, we were comparing the screens and it is, it is noticeable that the text on your screen just looks it's like smoother it looks like text in a book yeah it's crazy and then on mine like you have to you have to look pretty close it just doesn't look bad but when you do look closer you can you can see a difference it's kind of hard when you when you haven't seen it before and used it every day mm-hmm. uh to know what you're missing out on but it's pretty cool yeah well i'm jealous and i hate you plus it's like way better specs it's got like double the ram way better cpu much bigger hard drive and it's ssd my last one was one of those spinning pieces. Oh yeah, that was really noticeable. SSD makes quite a difference. Man, sh- starts up so fast now. It does. Stuff. Let me make a note real quick here. Right at uh, <laughs> two forty. Must edit. Edit Jeff Blair. <laughs> you know, I could be a jerk and just throw swear words into the podcast at random places. And yes, but I could be a jerk as the editor and make you say all kinds of different things. I don't think you want to go down that road, That's sir. True. <laughs> I will lose that war. <laughs> you will lose, yes. <laughs> you won that particular battle, but you lost the war. Great. So let's get started. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Lost Cast episode one. This episode was, one. Hello world. Yeah, that was kind of just us introducing ourselves. Uh, we started a year ago in November, I guess. Yep. And why did we start the podcast? Oh, it says actually released 1115. Oh, interesting. And today's the 15th. Well, I guess that's appropriate. So no matter which... <laughs> I could have swore I looked it up and November 18th was the actual date that it was posted. I would not surprise me if the date in the XML that iTunes is picking up and then the date of the actual post. Oh, you've got it pulled up. What does it say there? Yeah, 18th of November. 18th. Okay, yeah. So, that not not a surprise. Well, actually, so we set the theme there. Already, our dates are out of sync. <laughs> right. We were just talking about how the capitalization and the descriptions of the episodes is all messed up, but... 
we were just uh we were just starting out uh, oh, with the podcast. consistency yeah we really like cons- consistency care about consistency uh but we probably set the stage pretty well with, with uh, the hello world episode because we started talking a lot about the history of lost decade and uh, especially onslaught arena which is probably how a lot of people find out about it about us at first right oh when we have the simple game tutorial we talked about that apparently because we're looking to in the show notes and that's been such a it's like far and, a, post. far and away our most popular post yeah, right yeah as far as like i mean traffic that we get now uh like like lunch bug is our most trafficked game at the moment like and it dwarfs everything else but like up before we were getting significant traffic there like far and away our most popular post was uh how to make a simple what was it, it was it called simple html5 game or something? simple html5 game tutorial or whatever um i was thinking about making another post called like games people made with that i, I don't know what i'd call it but but basically like there's been a lot of comments there's um I don't know, two dozen comments or so on there, and lots of people have been linking to games that they've made by like forking that project. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go through and like look at look at the comments on that post, uh, look at some of the tweets we received, and then also look at the GitHub repo and see what people have forked and made with oh, that, yeah. and kind of compile a list and be because I know that there's a, that I've seen is at least like a half dozen different games of various like stages of development based so on that tutorial. There was this great post you did called Onslaught: a History of of Images or something, a History of Violence and Images. Yeah, and it was a really great post, and I think that would be really cool to visualize all these different games that use the canvas tutorial code yeah do it that style where it's like show a screenshot like all the different permutations of the things people worked on i think a history of violence is still probably one of my favorite blog posts we've ever done yeah probably. and uh I'm, I'm sure no one follows the blog as closely as i do but like there's there's <laughs> dozens and dozens of posts like for a while there we were posting really actively um these days we're so busy we can barely find time to do the podcast like when you look at the blog right now it's just podcast 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 <laughs> and like ah, i need to write something but but anyway that um it, it kind of encapu- encapsulates the history of onslaught you know like when you when you look at the game it can be seen as just like okay what so it's kind of a bad flash type game like what what is what is notable about this but when you go look at all those images you can see like you kind of see behind the scenes you're like oh okay it was, um it's a little more inter- interesting because it's got some history yeah no longer is it just like oh it's just this game it's what it is yeah it shows a little bit of the making of shows some early screenshots so it shows some whiteboards and probably some sketches and crap and then you can see it like on like printed on a wall at the uh, at uh, the chrome web store launch party that google threw yeah and that kind of stuff and it's really cool we also talked about some html5 tech like melon.js and crafty apparently oh and wow tiled. melon.js even all the way back then huh yeah i've been seeing more and more about that one these days hmm. seems to be like um it was LimeJS for a while, but now these like whenever it used to be for a while. Whenever I'd see a demo, it was always Impact, right? Yeah. But now, whenever people send me a demo or whatever, it's um, I think it's like about even split. I'd want to say between Impact and Melon. Melon, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. That's cool. So let's move on. So that was an interesting episode. In episode two, uh, we interviewed. Uh, oh, code like a fox. Yes, Louis Stavasser. Stavasser, yeah, who uh, currently works at Game Closure. Yes. Uh, so he's an Aussie. He he's, um, he's the uh, creator of the crafty game engine crafty yes and that is not crafty with two y's which uh a guy we know named nick who nut, nutcase nightmare on twitter yeah cra- he has crafty with two y's which uh just got its kickstarter funded oh great um this is crafty with one y right yeah and that is a html5 game engine crafty with two y's is more of like an online uh, how do you describe this it's like it's like you make a game and then someone else forks it but you use online tools to make it kind of like an an online fork based game maker 
Is that how I understand it? Oh, the crafty with two eyes. With two eyes, yes. Right. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's very confusing. There shouldn't be two things in the HTML5 world called crafty. I, I object. <laughs> Overruled. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um. So we we talked to Louis. Um, he's he's. Uh, I love that he's got an awesome accent. This, this kind of started off. I think it like it almost set a precedence because our first episode was just me and you. Right. Just blah blah blah. Like that's going to be what most of the podcast is about. But then we like an interview right away. You know. And we were hoping to kind of set the stage for that, but it turned out to be a much more difficult endeavor to continue those interviews than we initially thought. Yeah, we actually did. We did manage to do it for quite a while. Uh, every other episode pretty much was an interview, I think, for a little bit. Yeah, that's true. So so what all did we talk about with uh, with Louis and his amazing uh, Australian accent? We talked about some of the new, uh, I guess, mouse lock and full screen API. Uh, oh, we yeah. talked was, about some different... I think that those were just being talked about. Like, I don't think those were being implemented yet. No. That was much later when we interviewed Vincent right. from Google. And that was when it was about to drop, but it hadn't yet. Right. Wow. <laughs> early, early. Oh, we talked about BBG because uh, Louie actually introduced us to the BBG channel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So when he first came and visited, he was doing some kind of like weird externships type thing that just came out for like a, a week or two. Right. Just to kind of work with everybody and see what was up. And um, he, got us, uh, he got us into the BBG um, community. And ever since, we've just been kind of like, I'm idling in there right now, actually. I almost never check the tab, but I'm there, so <laughs> ping me if you want to say hi. Uh, we're not really big, like, just kind of random conversationalists, but we'll always respond probably if you ping us. Yeah, I mean, I love to talk shop and stuff. It's just that, like, I, I very rarely initiate a conversation myself because I'm usually deep in some problem that we've created for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All uh, of our, our woes are our own making. Yeah, uh, it's kind of depressing when you think about it that way. Um, so episode three, uh, ramble on. I remember calling it that. Uh, I'm an old school Led Zeppelin fan. I bet no one. Every single episode uh, name is a reference of some kind or another. Yeah, you take care of that. Yeah, uh, not to say that they're good refer- references or clever references, but that just that they are. Like, there's more than one meaning. Um, I don't actually know what this one is refer- referencing. Uh, so Led Zeppelin. Um, what's I'm going to embarrass myself here because it's been so long, but actually it was more closer to like high school when I was a, um, a fan. What was it? What was, what is the song? Is it actually ramble on? I've got Google right here. Um, we're looking things up in real time folks. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's called ramble on. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that was the reference ramble on, you know, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a link in the show notes, but that, that's all it was. And like, I think what it was is like, we were just all over the map talking about just random, random crap without a whole lot of structure for like an hour or so. Yeah, it looks like we talked a little bit about uh, code obfuscation. I think I think our, our main takeaway there was always that uh, it's harder. It, it, you should do the minimal, but you shouldn't bend over backwards to make it foolproof. Uh, bicycle lock. Yeah, bicycle lock. Yeah, yeah. Don't, like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend taking all of your source files and just putting them whole hog up there with, you know, great comments and, um, right. sp- you know, spacing and uh, all that g- good stuff. You should at least obfuscate it, uh, but just as was as is with true with much of software, if people want to steal it, they're going to, so you just kind of need to prepare yourself for that and suck it up right. and obfuscate and move on. Right. Yep. And we, uh, we mentioned uh, Steambirds and Daniel Cook, apparently. We did? Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> We're da- probably Daniel- talking about Spry Fox. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we follow Spry Fox because uh, I, f- I feel like we, we, would, we would like to be people like Spry Fox. Like, obviously, they're much more successful than we are. Right. If, you don't, if you're not familiar, Daniel Cook is the uh, CCO of Spry Fox. They're the makers of Triple Town, who, uh, which 
pretty soon here we'll be talking about our clones episode that's probably why one of the reasons we were talking about spry foxes because of the cloning stuff maybe but we actually talked about the capcom ripping off explosion man in, oh, this episode, in this episode yeah but then attack the clones is later yeah attack of the clones is more about uh <laughs> yeti town you can see why this episode was called ramble on yes this is all about all kinds of, of nonsense as is most of our podcasts <laughs> <laughs> this one has structure like so uh episode four is called native coffee oh this is the one where we were scared out of our wits by knackle and <laughs> other javascript supplanters yeah so so knackle is native client and this is right now a chrome specific thing that lets you run c code uh, within Chrome, and as an example, I'll put this in the show notes, on the Chrome Web Store for quite a while now, you've been able to play Bastion, uh, which was an XBLA game, and it's, you know, very AAA style and all that, and uh, it just scares the bejesus out of us that we are now, you know, as web, uh, or as browser de- game developers, we are now competing with... C++ developers. Yeah, like high, high uh, <laughs> intensely intimidating game developers of all <laughs> stretches. But it actually hasn't turned out to be as weird as we thought because it's still people, only a google thing yeah uh, most people just aren't don't care about browser games if they're developing like low-level c games and you know like native native windows games native like yeah. obviously xbox games that kind of stuff like i don't think they care about the browser maybe which not. is good news for developers like us i guess <laughs> carving out our niche what carving out our niche oh yes yes um we also talked a little bit about copy script and dart and mm, i think right. that at the time, I, I didn't understand why, why would I want to use CoffeeScript, and I still kind of don't, but I feel myself starting to lean that direction, where there's been times where I kind of wish I could write slightly more succinct JavaScript. Yeah, you were talking about that, I think, maybe even just in the last, like, the prior Couple episode. Casts. Yeah, yeah, you've been exposed to, like, a decent amount of CoffeeScript recently, and I think that you've also have been introduced to, like, some interesting JavaScript problems that are causing you to have right. to write weird kind of large javascript code so you're starting to see like oh okay i can kind of see the benefit of maybe if i just had this a couple of helpers or some nice syntax tweaks right i don't think coffee scripts is what i want because i really don't like um important white space yeah yeah yeah. i hate important white space and then um i'm also just i don't want to have a yet another layer in my stack there's already layers and layers but anyways, maybe something will come along that will be very JavaScripty, but will solve the problem of modules and scoping. Yeah. So I called it native coffee because it was native client and coffee script. Right. That's uh, really not clever. No. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I was out of ideas. Well, it's hard to come up with a name every single every <laughs> it, single week. It is. Yeah. At least it's more interesting than episode four. That's true. <laughs> This one, I do understand the next reference. So, Lost Gas Episode 5, Left for Questions. Left for Questions, yeah. So, I think if memory serves, I mean, granted, this was almost a year ago. Um, we, we, got a, we got a listener email, and so we just answered it. And we have the tendency to be very, uh, I guess, verbose <laughs> when talking about these things. So, I think that took up the entire episode with just answering. Well, they were good questions, and they're great questions yeah. that... Game, like HTML5 game developers should care about. Um, and actually, we started talking about like set interval versus... It's basically like uh, time-based modeling. Oh, yeah. One of the questions was about time-based modeling and how um, you want to scale your... The distances things move over time based on how long the tech took. That comes up a lot. That came up um, earlier when we were double-dragoning, as we call it. 
right we were that's what we call working together we used to call it programming it was like we're, let's go program like we need to program some stuff but then we found out about all this zynga nonsense and how like a lot of people see program as meaning like uh maybe mba type people who like you know pop their collar right and like they uh, they're they act like gigantic douches and they're like and there's a negative connotation yeah, there's a lot of negative, like, whatever your specific view of programming is, it does seem to have a lot of negative baggage attached to it. And, like, I just thought it was someone just took pro and put bro on it because it was, like, you're programming with your bro. So, right. it's programming. That's, like, what we were doing. But, uh, so, yeah, I didn't like all the negativity surrounded with that. So, we now we call it Double Dragon. Which is a great game reference anyway, so. Yeah, there you go. It we, works for us. We love game references. Uh, speaking of which, that's why I called this one Left Four Questions, because I'm a gigantic Left for Dead fan. You are. And we had four questions. So, Left Four Questions? That's really not all that great of a reference either. I, I give it a C minus. <laughs> C minus. As far as references go or puns or anything like that. You're really your harshest critic sometimes. Yeah. Is there anything interesting we talked about in that episode? I see you linking to Spacius like every single episode. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Well, later in the later episodes, we probably linked to Onslaught in every single... Because, like, what are the things that we're talking about, you know? Yeah. And, like, back then, there wasn't all that many games we had worked on that we could talk about anyway. Right. Um, outside of Onslaught. So, like, what else can we talk about that happened earlier in Onslaught? Well, we probably talked about Spaceius a billion times and then your game um, Shapes a billion right. times. So, apologies, but bear with us. We will talk about new things someday, but not in this episode, because this episode's all about our 25 past <laughs> episodes. Yes. It's like a clip show. You're in luck if you love redundancy. <laughs> yeah, a clip show. Best of. Good news, worst of. Good news for fans of, <laughs> of redundancy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, episode six, actually, I remember you came up with a name, and it's pretty good. I, I think did? it's better than any of the other names, except for maybe Hello World. I think Hello World's a very appropriate title for an introduction game dev podcast, it right? Is. But you came up with The Wild Tom Appears. Oh, I did. And this is when we were working at Game Closure. I mean, we started the podcast, I think, when we were working at um, Game Closure. But uh, so Tom Fairfield is one of the co-founders, one of the initial four co-founders of Game Closure. Right. And so uh, we just had him over randomly one day, and um, we weren't super prepared, and neither was he, because he was working like 90 hours a day. And uh, oh, yeah, anyway, it's a really short episode. It's like 27 minutes. What do we talk about? Um, well, we introduced Tom, talked a little about what he's doing at Game Closure, and then he also authored a game engine called XCJS, which I, I believe was written in CoffeeScript. Yeah, it was. Um, it's probably Abandonware now, I would imagine. Oh, but, yeah. Yep. Um, it's still pretty interesting to hear him talk about, like, you know, how he got to where he is and mm -hmm. the kinds of things he's working on. Yeah. Another uh, easy episode for us. We just bring somebody on and let them talk. Yeah. Oh, so episode seven. Um, I don't know if this is still true, ever since our interview with uh, Dominic of ImpactJS, but at the time, this was easily our most popular episode. So, uh, episode 7, HTML5, the bad parts. And if you're a JavaScript developer, you probably know what that reference is for or from. That's right. obviously a tip of the hat to uh, Doug Crockford's famous uh, JavaScript, the bad parts. Right? Right. Yeah, it's a pretty good book. It's nice or is and it small. the good parts? It's the good parts. His book is called The Good Parts. Right. Right. So, the bad parts, our episode is the reference to the good parts. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. yeah. So this is, we detailed probably a lot of stuff. I'm sure we talked about audio. Right. Um, yeah, see that in the show notes. We talked about Sound Manager and audio, the library you wrote to kind of abstract audio. away. Oh, man, I am uh, so desperate to get back to audio. I, I really am. Uh, the thing is, like, I, I still get, like, I think I saw a pull request, and, like, I get the random email from people who are like, keep working on audio. Like, there's just, there's not a lot of 
web audio API wrappers out there. Right. But when audio, when I first started working on audio, it, it was it was seen as a like um, way to re-implement web audio API um, over audio, right? So, like, let's say you only wanted to program one API. Like, you pretty much had to use audio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd be nice, like, because audio is a piece of junk. Like, it, it doesn't respond, and it doesn't give you back the numbers you think it's gonna, and it's just awful. And especially back then, because this was, this was, like... A year ago. Basically. Yeah, it was almost a year ago. Like, oh, no, it was February of 2012. So, like, eight months or nine months? Anyway, like, back then, like, audio is bad today, right? But it was even worse back then. So, the logic was, you take the code you've already got for audio, and you just switch it to now use... Audio. The, the audio object, and all of a sudden it will just use the web audio API and just work way better. Right. Uh, I've since then I don't I don't really see nearly as much value in that as I used to. I don't know if audio would continue to be that, but I am really desperate. Like I really badly want to get back into web audio API and make some really cool libs to work with. I feel like we should uh, the API should be constructed to be as great as it can be for use within the game, mm. and not necessarily model the. Yeah. Web audio. Well, I think part of what it was is I actually did have some time to investigate web audio API, and there was all this cool stuff like you can do spatial, uh, like 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 um, spatial audio. You can do panning. You can do filtering. You can do all kinds of cool stuff. Like you make it sound like it's underwater. You make caves sound uh, like put some reverb in there. Make make them sound like more echoey. I really badly want to do spatial audio. It works so well for two D games. Well, I mean any three D games too. But like right. for our games, it would be really cool. Um, and then I started to notice that like these were all the things that I wanted to take advantage of now that we have the web audio API and like I don't want to just be using the old crappy audio API it's a junky API and it doesn't do anything really there's no panning there's no spatial audio and the API really wasn't designed to be for using games no it was designed as a a very just like um, put put an audio element in your page like embed a podcast yeah embed it it was was like a tip of the hat to the 90s it was like you want to embed a MIDI or or like a .mov file like you just you 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 know more like an embed it wasn't intended for games yeah Um, anyway that's my audio rant i am really desperate to get back into that what else do we talk about with the the bad parts what was bad about uh probably we talked about performance a little bit and things like that uh, performance has certainly improved across almost all devices and ios 6 now has the web audio api so we're actually making progress on all fun- fronts it's kind of interesting to look back and see about which things are still huge headaches mm-hmm. i would say that most of the major headaches still exist in one form or the other but they're making inroads i just i just saw this too we were doing uh html5 game of the week i mean it's probably good to experiment and all that but man there are just so many failed experiments at lost decade <laughs> that's one of them <laughs> well i think we wanted to like we at the beginning we didn't really know what our podcast was going to be mm-hmm. you know like we started out kind of being like oh you know we're an introductory to html5 kind of podcast where we talk about how to implement certain things and things to watch out for and browser concepts like security and copying and things like that right uh, and interviewing notable people and bubbling up good games like all oh, those are things we decided to turn the podcast into at the beginning right uh and it kind of we kind of got away from the game of the week and i think that part of what we decided is we wanted the, the podcast to be more transcendent of time because we noticed that you know people start listening you know, as we get new followers they come right. back and they listen to all the previous episodes yeah and if they're very time-based then it doesn't work as well. And we really didn't have the time to sit there and play a bunch of games every week and then pick one that we thought was great to yeah, showcase. Yeah, it was kind of a lot of work just to go find a game that we should showcase. So, yeah, what, what we were talking about with the timeliness is, like, 
we could do like you know html5 news of the week kind of thing but what we were discovering is that because html5 especially as pertains to game development is very much on the growth like yeah it's pretty popular these days but like it hasn't even scratched the surface as far as like new people coming into it and getting exposed to html5 so we were discovering is that a lot of people would like discover the show like six months after we started or something and they would like maybe like hey i just listened to all of them in a row and we were we were like well like that would kind of suck if you you know you downloaded 12 episodes listened to them all and they were each about like what's something that happened a year ago right that's not as interesting as like here's some good takeaways like about html5 or the tech or, or the, the tech i mean or the, or the just a stack in general that like or the, or like uh there's something that's going to be useful no matter what time it right, is yeah. you know like if we're talking about like a like a nice approach to a particle engine mm-hmm. or, or i don't know, just to talk like my game head. dev concepts in general yeah yeah something that could be useful whether you find the podcast today or tomorrow or you know next year i think we definitely have turned in that direction like this next episode uh eight attack of the clones attack of the clones there's always going to be that's not really i think we talked specifically about the triple town yeti town mess which actually was revol- resolved recently. Yeah, very recently, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't. Th- I think that part of the deal was that they can't talk about the deal. It's very <laughs> Fight Club esque, right? But uh, it looks like Yeti Town uh, is now owned by Spry Fox. Interesting. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes if you're not familiar with all that. We probably won't get into it right now. I'll say uh, you know Spry Fox versus. Oh, we also talked about Tiny Tower versus Dream Heights. Was the thing Oh, that was a very so. The difference with with the, with um that is that they didn't have uh, a contract with them. Right. Like Zynga wasn't on an NDA. Although we did find out later that they wanted to buy uh, Nimblebit. Yep. Who makes Tiny Tower? Yeah. But There's, yeah, we we feel strongly about the clone thing because like. We found out, we've been finding out the hard way that it is really hard to design a good game. And, and when you clone, what you're really doing is you're taking the, like, probably, I mean, there's lots of hard parts to game development, but you're taking one of the hardest things out of the equation by just leaning really hard on what other people have done. You're, you're kind of stealing, and it's it's in this gray area right now where it's not protected by copyright law, and it might very well be someday. Like and It's a slippery slope to say that it's stealing, right? Like, because there's so many shades of gray when it comes to how much you've copied yeah 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 so like we we put um i put this image up there that talks about um zelda and golden axe warrior which are two games of the 80s and when you look at these side-by-side screenshots it's clearly sega's response to nintendo's success right it's it is a clone big time clone of, of zelda and like what they're trying to do is they're like because it's this legal gray area they just rip the game off whole hog and they just (laughs) <laughs> like it's a different shade of, of color is like practically all it is it's such it's so slightly different you know i like how some of the rooms are even almost exactly the same almost exactly the same yeah you should check out this image if you haven't seen it it's it's zelda next to golden axe warrior and it's just shocking you know <laughs> right. but yeah i mean it's still going on today this is 20 years later and and companies like zynga are still stealing from everybody um i don't know what the general conclusion we came to is i think it's just like it's it's pretty much just going to happen right now if you have a successful game right there's really not much you can do about it yeah i mean i as a, as a game developer and a game designer i just don't really find it all that interesting to make a straight up clone you right. know like i don't want to to me that's like paint by number you know <laughs> or like tracing like it, i can see the benefit if you're just getting started or if you're trying to train yourself or something but like you should actually if you're having trouble with the engineering aspect you should almost certainly clone a game because yeah you will 
you will avoid the hard problems of having to think about the game design yourself. So that's what we were doing when we first started. Is like, um, like <laughs> here I go talking about our old games again. Spaceiest brings nothing new to the table. Shapes was just a Geometry Wars clone, right. and then Bombada that I made that was just Match Three. Oh, I added bombs, but whatever. It's just it's just a clone of um, Bejeweled like, or Zookeeper or whatever. I feel like Bombada is not necessarily a clone. It's like it, it's in the genre, but it's got enough differentness to make it like you didn't just rip off puzzle quest yeah or whatever the general consensus i think is that like if if something's different if anything is different like if there's a new feature even or like a new control mechanism or if you bring something something new to the table then it's it's not a straight up clone right and i guess bombada like is there i guess and like what you did is you said i wanted to make like a side scrolling space shooter game but you probably came up with all enemy behavior and stuff yourself oh, yeah, yeah, like totally. you didn't say oh i'm gonna look at this specific game and make enemies behave exactly like this game. So I, I think that people who clone games at, at the rate where they're like, they have spreadsheets and they're tracking what the numbers are and they're following like how fast characters are moving on the screen and like the numbers of them and like you are taking all of the data, all of the hard work those game developers and testers put into that game and you're taking it out and putting it into spreadsheets and then passing it on to an engineer and some artists who just, just like a factory. They just, you know... Bang it out. Yeah, you're not working on the game design. You didn't come up with any ideas yourself. Like, if you're doing that, you're cloning and it's kind of a scummy thing to be doing. But if you're more of the aspect where you're like, you know, I really want to make a game like Castlevania. I want to start with that as a framework and then go from there. And you're not like... You're not necessarily playing castlevania to copy it directly you just kind of want to get the feel for it that kind of thing like even that like it's a subtle like differentiator right but it's it's very critical it is it's kind of taking a platform and giving it your own spin versus Mm -hmm. trying to create something that's just visually different so obviously we're pretty passionate about that i guess and hopefully that is not something that's like tied to just that time yeah i don't still relevant today and all that so that was episode eight, right? So Attack of the Clones. Um, I'm not an overly big Star Wars fan, especially of, uh, well, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> right. <laughs> episode two, like episodes one through three, as you probably would guess, I'm not. Speaking of topical topics, um, Disney bought Star Wars. In the hey, that is topical. That was like a week or two ago. I think I read that they're going to produce a seventh movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They already have, uh, well, I don't know if they've signed him or whatever, but the writer of uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh. There's a movie from a couple of years ago with... Um, oh, yeah. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Steve Carell and some other people. People I can't remember. But, uh, yeah. They, well, they, they bought it and they're very much like, yeah, we're going to... We're going to... I mean, it's Disney. Like, they... How should I say that without making it sound like they're... <laughs> they 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 get value out of their properties. Right. Yes, <laughs> it's not like they squeeze every ounce out of it or something. But like, or exploit is the word that I would use. But like, it, I don't mean that to sound negative. What I mean right. is that like they'll have a property they know has value. They're going to develop against it. Right. You know, especially with something as large as Star Wars. Yeah, and I mean honestly, like I I feel like the Star Wars fans have two d- choices right now. It can just die. Right. It never gets any more development. Is that what you want? Or do you want it to get uh, fresh developers on it, right? Like a, a new director, new writers. Do you, like people, probably what they want is they, they just don't want George Lucas back on it. Maybe, yeah. Right? So I think it's overall good news. I think we talked about it before too, but I think there's a lot of really great Star Wars games out there. You know, I think the only one I really put time into was like the Super Nintendo one. And that was back in the 90s when like I would go to the store and you know i had just enough money i had two bucks so i could rent a game and i remember renting super star wars hmm. i think it's just all it was called but it was kind of cool i i'm pretty sure the different parts of the game where you could like he plays link 
on um, Tatooine with a lightsaber, and like there was a part where you played as uh, Han Solo with a gun, and it was like just a pretty solid Tatooine platformer. Who did I just say? Link. Link. <laughs> I was like, is this some kind of crossover? No, game? I, I meant Han actually. Han Solo. <laughs> Link. Wow, that'd be. <laughs> you're just playing. You're like you're you know you're Luke Skywalker, and you're <laughs> you're chopping stuff, and you're playing as Link, and you're like, whoa, what just <laughs> happened, man? <laughs> I'm freaking out. Oop, I dropped my so we also started a HTML5 games Reddit on this episode, apparently. Oh, we did, yeah. I uh, I get the occasional, um, uh, what do you call that, administrator email about that. Someone's like, hey, uh, they you know um, didn't approve my game or something. And I'm like, what? Okay, whatever. But other than that, yeah, I don't really... Hasn't seen much action since then. No, it really hasn't. Um, so the next episode is another interview. This was, uh, which Rich, one? Rich Nine? Davey. Oh yeah, uh, yeah Lostcast episode, episode nine. That's Rich. Uh, that's that's a terrible name. I, I, man, I'm mad at this, Jeff. <laughs> you gotta help me. <laughs> You're the only one who comes up with good names. I don't think I don't think that's true. <laughs> that's Rich. Oh, I'm not saying that's bad. I don't think it's true that I come up with better names. Oh well, great. Then we're screwed no matter what. <laughs> <Right>. Well, if, <laughs> if you if you good if you're good at coming up with names, um, email us or tweet at us. Um, so this was an interesting episode. Um, Rich, if you don't know him, is Photon Storm in the HTML5 da- game dev community. He runs HTML5GameDevs.com. If you've heard of us, you must have heard of uh, Rich Davey. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've heard of Photon Storm, played some of their games. Right. Nutmeg and... Things like that. Catastrophe. Oh, I do like Catastrophe. That was yeah. pretty fun. Um, so this was a pretty interesting interview. He kind of talks about his Flash background a lot. Um, he was a big-time Flash developer, making the move to HTML5. And mm-hmm. so um, he's got a great site. He actually just relaunched HTML5 game devs um, with a new skin. Did he publish that? Yeah. Well, oh, he kind of like soft-launched it. Oh. He sent out a tweet saying like it's kind of live and there's still some work to do to mm. finalize everything. But I cannot believe how productive that man must be. He's got Photon Storm, which he updates with like really rich articles he's got html5 game developers.org so i think he's now working on uh, a framework called kiwi yes kiwi yeah i knew he was working on a game engine it yeah. was like one of the primary things he was saying i think he's working on it in typescript now yeah i did see that which i think that just means it's javascript but like well it's microsoft's compiled to javascript javascript language right JavaScript-like language. Which I guess means you're working in Visual Studio? I'm sure they have Visual Studio plugins. Hmm. I don't know about all that. And a compiler that compiles the TypeScript to uh, JavaScript. Man, I, I wonder what that says that I haven't... Like, I, I feel like I, I do my due diligence and I research stuff when it comes up that it seems like it might be relevant or notable in the HTML5 game world or, like, as pertains to JavaScript. Yeah. But when TypeScript came up, I remember being like, what is this? Microsoft... Oh, new language. Blah. It looks like something like Dart. They can replace JavaScript. Blah, blah, blah. I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> well, I think you had the same reaction when uh, you saw CoffeeScript and any of those other ones. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's probably more just a reflection of my um, weird attitude than... I mean, TypeScript you, could be really cool. I haven't investigated you it. You don't it could like be awesome. change. And so when it comes to your development tools, you don't like change. I guess that's fair. I, okay, I do try to be a person who uh, embraces change because yeah. I firmly believe change is inevitable. So, I mean, you might as well embrace it. I yeah. mean, hopefully it's usually for the good. Once in a while, it's going to be for the bad, and that's, of course, going to be worse to accept and all that, right? But, but it's like, easy to be curmudgeonly about your tools, <laughs> your tool chain. I, I do get grumpy about my tools working, because, like, if I need to to be productive, if I need to sit down and write some code, or if I need to, like, I need to do something, like, I, I, I hate it when something's in my way, you know? Right. Like, can you imagine if um 
you pick up a piece of graph paper and a pen and you want to start just like jotting down ideas of like you know the pen's out of ink and, and and the paper just like lights on fire or something and you just cannot get these ideas out of your head right that kind of a thing you know and you're like ah and then like you forget about it and then you're like what was what was my idea crap like no, I, I have that kind of a, a thing going on when i can't just like sit down and start being productive immediately yeah yeah you gotta get your ideas onto the paper so as it were and where did that come from what were we talking about before that Ugh. episode wait <laughs> well, oh. sorry, episode nine rich davy wow getting way back to oh, that we actually did an html5 game of the week this week too pixel blast i remember this game actually i liked it a lot because it has a very interesting control scheme wasn't it a game maker game uh, was it i don't remember i think it was an impact game but i could be wrong hmm let's find out i can link to it right here hey look at that it's like magic it is the internet is like magic Although, of course, it's taking, like, forever and a day to load. I could have swore it was made with um, some HTML5 GUI. Maybe. Game dev GUI. Anyways, it's probably not all that relevant now, so... I wonder when, when it was we stopped doing it. I guess we'll find out soon enough. But anyway. Ooh, episode number 10. Oh, Independence! Okay, <laughs> that's a pretty good name. Although it's <laughs> stupid, because it's like, Indie is short for Independent. Independence. Although Indie is, has a whole other meaning. I guess that's what I was going for. I, I hate that name. Never mind. <laughs> You're using like a, a shortened version of the same word. So it's like saying, it's Jeff Jeff. Right. Hey, Jeff Jeff. Ugh. But anyway, uh, At least we were you, pretty you, excited because uh, what, what what date was that posted? This was posted on it was February, wasn't March it? March 2nd. March 2nd. Okay. So I, I think it was like it was mid-February when we quit yeah. our jobs and... You know, this was the first podcast after we had gone independent. Yeah, so at that point, it was like the po- doing the podcast was now like on our time, right? <laughs> For the first time, it was like if we care about this, we need to you know invest in it fully and all that. And it was pretty exciting. Like I remember being really pumped up. And uh, may I tell you that was um that was a big leap. And I know that it might sound easy to to I don't know. It depends on your standpoint but to us it's like we were not flush with cash we did not have a lot of irons and a lot of fires yeah we just kind of wanted to try it out and uh admittedly i mean we worked really hard and i don't know what else but we got so lucky we got very lucky like like not even just one thing (laughs) like this whole this whole last year like like it was february and then we announced independence on march 2nd did you say in episode 10 but we we put ourselves in the position to get lucky i think like we we had products we were putting things out there we were doing stuff we were making games yeah we were being really noisy we were pulling all of our strings we were reaching out to anybody we could and uh we somehow made it work but i'll tell you this too it's a different conversation that you're having with people when you when it is your job or like when, when you're full-time completely different because i remember we were talking to google back in the day and i think like we were talking about this right partially because we were part-time it was like i think that that may have kept us from getting a contract yeah they may have invested in our company not really invested but they would have uh contract with us but pretty nice contract if we had been kind of more serious like we've been all in at, at that point i mean it, it's it's a world of difference between like i'm ready to do this right now versus Dude, I'm all in. I swear, I promise you. But I mean, okay, okay. You want to do it? All right, fine. I need to. I need to quit my job. Okay, so okay, okay. I need to do that. I need right. to figure this out. I need to talk to my boss. Okay, well, my boss talked me into. I'm given four week notice. Like, there's so much attached to it, as compared to like the frictionless. Just, I'm in right now. Let's do it. Right. Like, I'm tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like my <laughs> schedule is done. clear. Yeah. yeah. So like, people have. I think that's one of the reasons we're getting contracts now. You know, and we're able to like have. I guess more meaningful conversations with people who 
or into development, you know? So this is a kind of interesting episode because we also uh, open sourced the Onslaught Arena source code. Oh, yeah. And then we uh, debuted Onslaught Defense, which is the first game we made using Jin. Oh, and I think that was our first thing. Ugh, shove the microphone in my face. That was the first thing ever that we, um, uh, that got on uh, Hacker News mm-hmm. that, that we did. That we didn't do our, that we didn't put there ourselves, I mean. <laughs> So, so we noticed that, um, yeah, that was that was organically spread around, and that was really great to see that. Yeah, that was actually people kind of enjoyed that game. I mean, it was uh, still early enough where it was interesting to see a kind of arcade game running on phones. Yeah, I think these days people would probably be less impressed with that in general. Like, oh, hey, I got this new game, check it out. They'd be like, uh huh. But back then, at the time, it was like, oh, cool, wow, this runs great on phones, you right. know? And like, okay, like I didn't know phone browsers could do that right right yeah people know it now and it's a much different landscape because like modern iphones or like you know not modern but like these days iphones can do all that stuff really easily yeah totally so the next episode is uh episode 11 ldg at gdc say that three times fast no lost decade games at game developers conference which uh is coming up well, I guess it's four months away, but still, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so a ways off. This is pretty interesting. I think that um, at this point, we had already won the Pokey contest. Oh, but could we talk about it yet? No, I don't think we could. Okay. But we did link to some of the winners. We linked to the Four Horsemen game by Nick. Oh, right. Um, oh, we met up with the Play Canvas guys at Google. Oh, uh, not Google. GDC. Oh, yeah, they reached out to us. And uh, yeah, GDC is... Um, if you're if you're going to it and you're kind of noisy about it, you you will get a lot of people reaching out to you like, hey, let's let's meet up. We're working on, you know, similarish things. We're in the same industry, so let's just talk shop, you know, and exchange ideas and stuff. And that's one of the things that like, it might you, it, you might feel like it's a waste of your time or something, but like, what it can do is open doors down the road. Like a conversation you had three months ago might be the reason you're in business today. You know, right. So, anyways, the PlayCamps guys are pretty cool. Um, they still like they're they're plugging along. Uh, their product just keeps improving. Mm-hmm. They've got like a lot of WebGL demos and stuff on their site. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, we also talked about Onslaught using Onslaught Defense using audio sprites. Um, mm, yeah, which I don't think we'd have to do on iOS anymore, but we probably still have to do it for Android anyway. Uh, iOS, we have all those hacks too. Where is is that no longer? Well, I guess it's irrelevant if you're using Web Audio API. You don't have to worry about audio elements themselves, which those those won't play by themselves, right? Right. So, like at the time, uh, if you wanted to play audio in the browser on iPhone, you had to listen for the first input event that was registered, and then you could kick off loading. But you right. could only load one file. So we used uh, an audio sprite, which would just basically be a bunch of sounds in one file separated by just uh, white space. Yeah. And then that's not really as useful as it used to be these days because on iOS anyway, you can just use Web Audio API, which means you can load 10 files and bring them in and filter them and all kinds of crazy crap. So maybe that scenario is getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. So that was episode 11. Oh, it looks like Josh also released the Onslaught OST. Oh, yeah. Original soundtrack. Good stuff. That was good stuff. Episode 12. Oh, okay. I kind of like this title. Our, our another interview. It's like another interview <laughs> with, but Arno. with Arno. Our, our another interview. And you can see on the blog is pictures of us with beer. That's kind of a Lost Cast, um, I almost said ritual, but I meant, um, uh, <laughs> what's the word I meant? Tradition. <laughs> Tradition. <laughs> yeah, we put on robes and we light candles and we're like, oh, we drink a beer before Lost Cast. <laughs> 
we're covered with blood no not not as much um yeah well we we're not drinkers i think we've talked about this before like i don't really really, i might have a beer or a glass of wine at dinner maybe yeah Uh, my wife's a pretty big drinker she loves she loves the beer but uh yeah we like to have a a shot of something or a beer before the lost cast because it kind of loosens us up i like scotch yeah you do that's why i have um what, what did i get i don't know drewers sure is that a is that a scotch it is yeah okay then maybe i got that i think it's a uh a blended scotch whiskey mm. yeah anyways it's not bad yeah i mean i, I feel kind of loosened up right now actually this might shock you but normally we're nerdy dorky nerds who can't really <laughs> talk to anybody we're very shy and i don't think you're that shy we can't talk very much well you say that now because i've got a shot of uh Kahlua in me that's true so arno arno's a pretty cool guy yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he lives next door to me. That's true. He does, um, and he's he's from the Netherlands. The, he's from the Netherlands. He also works at Game Closure. He's an engine developer. He made a game called Tank World, which is like it's a pretty interesting HTML5 game. It's really early. Um, it's got a great kind of 3D perspective, and he implemented the 3D rendering in like in Canvas 2D and in I think Flash and in WebGL. He's he's nuts. He's one of these guys who you look at his code and you probably won't be able to understand it, but it's it's doing some really optimized crazy stuff. Yeah, he's amazing at optimization. Yeah. In fact, like I remember he kind of taught me this scrolling tire buffer technique that he uses for tile maps to make them really efficient. And like you know, he, he we sat down together and we talked about it and like he had a brain dump and now it's like a tool that I use for all of our games, essentially. We're using that, it in uh, the Warhead project. We're using Warhead, we're using it in Lava Blade. We'll probably use it in many other games we make just because it's always nice to have a really efficient tile renderer. And we will write an article on that someday. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you will. Maybe me. I don't even understand it. <laughs> I, I haven't had the brain dump. I, no. haven't, I haven't written it three times. Maybe you should listen to Lost Cast episode 12. Maybe I should. Maybe. Ooh. What Maybe, else I don't know about? if we even talk about it, actually. Um, I had dinner with Arno not that long ago, too. Makes a mean... What did he make? Uh-oh. Lamb. Yeah. Oh, I like lamb. Makes a mean lamb job. <laughs> uh, anything else in there we... Um, notable? We talked about obfuscating JavaScript to close your compiler. Again, already. We've already ran into something <laughs> that we talked about more than once. Well, this was... There's actually two different things. One was, should you obfuscate at all? And this one is, how to get the most benefit out of, specifically, the Google Chrome closure compiler that's true that's true before it was the before it was like approaching the problem from a different angle it was like how do i protect my code right. and it was like obfuscated but this was more like the, we did notice that there's a, so closure compiler was actually breaking our code it was it's specifically we're talking about the advanced optimizations yeah yeah but we don't use this anymore so whatever right <laughs> so on. not all that relevant right uh so what is the next episode it's 13 13 OS excellence. So I think this is when is this when you went and talked about a bunch of your favorite OS X software? I think so, yeah. Of which you probably have a lot more by now. I do. You're you're this known person at least to, to me and maybe <laughs> one other person, but anyway, you're you're like the the go-to guy for like, "Hey, I'm on my Mac and I want to do X." You know, like I want to I want to that. Yeah, there is. There <laughs> right. always is. I don't think I've asked you anything that you haven't. So, like, you're the reason I use a lot of different stuff. Like, um, you use Kaleidoscope. Kaleido- I use Kaleidoscope now for my Git defs, and it's it's beautiful. Ever since we quit using GitHub for our primary right. um, repositories, I've really missed like sy- like really nice syntax highlighting out of the um, terminal and stuff. That's Kaleidoscope's what, great. It was fifteen bucks, or so. it's totally reasonable. I mean, for a diff tool that I use daily, yeah, maybe hourly, dozens probably, maybe, of times yeah, a day. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, color snapper? Snappity snap? Oh, yeah. You're the reason I use Alfred instead of... Uh, I went from Quicksilver to Google Quick Search to Alfred, and Alfred is the best. Alfred's the cream of the crop when it comes to launchers, in my opinion. I've used them all. This one's free, and you have the page version, which gets you things that you cannot describe to me. Well, it gets me, like, <laughs> uh, mathematical functions, like... Um, really like scientific calculator style stuff. Yeah, right. Yep. So I can do like equals, sin, cos, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, which is fun. It also has better file navigation, some other perks, but yeah, yeah. again, it's like 15 bucks for a, a one-time fee for a tool that I use hundreds of times a day probably. It's yeah. even more than Kaleidoscope. Yeah. I, I feel like a Mac power user, be, I mean, when comparing to like say my mom or some someone who just uses a computer every day, right? Right. Or even my wife, I don't know. Like, just somebody just uses, like, I'm a developer, so I have, like, I use the terminal for most things and blah, blah, blah. But, like, you put me to shame. You are a Mac power user. You, what was this <laughs> thing you had where you, you grab an image, say, from Finder, and you wiggle it? Oh, drag and drop. But oh, spelled like dragon. dragon. Like, like the kind of dragons we like that exactly. breathe fire and fly around. I almost had to buy it because the name was so clever. That is a really good name. So you take an image and you wiggle it around and then it creates like this little temporary place where you can just kind of put it. Right. And then you can go to like a different finder window or maybe pull up a browser window or whatever and you've got your file right there and you can just drag it in. It's kind of like a just a little like uh, floating cache that you can put files into. Right. And then drag and drop them to wherever you want later. Right. Did you hook me up with Divi as well? Yeah. Oh, Divi. Divi's great. D- Divi, I use like sometimes five times a minute. Like it, I, I use the balls out of it. I love just being able to assign a hotkey to like snap windows to the left or the right or like windows kind of does that out of the box. Yeah. Uh, well, the new windows, but yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> D- Divi is like uh, in business because uh, OS X has pretty terrible window management. Basically. It does, yeah. It looks like we're all, this is about the time we moved off of GitHub and onto AWS, mm-hmm. which is probably why Kaleidoscope is so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us. That's true. Uh, so we probably have a lot of listeners. Like I would bet most of our listeners are Windows listeners. Really? I, I mean, just in general, your average person. Like like I, I think Windows still has the primary desktop market by But if shot, you're right? a JavaScript web developer looking to get an HTML5 game dev, I think the percentage of Mac users there is, is higher. It, it might, yeah. It might be about even, Steven. Uh, Rich Davey actually is a Windows user. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, any other like really critical ones? Where, like if you're on a Mac, you need to be using this. Right. Is there anything else like that? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, well, let's move well, on. Well, I actually just reset up my computer. I got a new oh, MacBook. Oh, you did? Yeah, because you're looking at your stupid retina. What do I have running jealous. right now? Oh, Flux. I love Flux. Hey, hey, that's great, because I gave you... Or I, I, I turned you on to Flux. You did, you did. So, so Flux uh, is this global thing that affects uh, your uh, output, like your, mon- okay, your monitor, right? Your, uh, what am I looking for here? Your display. Your display, thank you. And, the, uh, uh, not passive, but the brightness. Yeah, yeah. It kind of makes it, uh, was it bluer or redder at night? It's kind of like tanner. Tanner? It's more like a, a sepia tone. It, it's lights that can kind of like calm your eyes and your brain down. Like you'll notice like if you get on your computer, like let's say, you know, you took a, you know, you had a midnight snack and you come to your computer at two and you're going to do another hour of work for going to bed. It's like, I remember sitting down and just being like, it just feels like a spotlight in your face, yeah. you know, because it's like I'm not ready for this kind of light at this time at night, you know, and uh, it just makes it easier on the eyes. Yeah, that's flux. Yeah, I, 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 lo- I love programming at four o'clock in the morning in bed. Yeah, or yeah. More, more like three. It's really three. great for that. Makes you sleep better. I swear it does. It does. Oh, we kind of had some uh, teasers, blunt bug teasers in this episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, browser quest had come out at that point. Oh, browser quest. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that came out like that that week. Right. Hmm. That was pretty cool. I remember hmm. that. I want to see something more with that. I wonder if they're working on it. I don't know. We should go check. And so should you, listener. <laughs> Dear listener. Dear listener. 
So, uh, oh, here we go. So this is our most popular episode uh, ever. Episode 14. Lost Cast episode 14, Quite an Impact, which, as you can guess, that's about Impact JS um, Game Library. Oh, this was fun. Let's talk about the uh, setup. I don't know if we actually talked about this. Oh. So the day we were going to record this, uh, we had a Skype chat scheduled with uh, Dominic, who made Impact JS. Right. And uh, of course, of course, there was construction right out. Like, I, I live on the street. Right. And there was construction going on outside. There was like a gigantic, um, bigger than a bobcat and smaller than like a... They were doing stuff and it was loud. Yeah. They had giant machines that were wrecking up the, uh, this pulling up the sidewalk and it was really crazy loud. So what we did was, uh, I have this weird like L shaped hallway that connects my room back here to the front other, room. other side of the yeah, front room, like the other side of the apartment. So we like, we, we cornered up in there and we, we set, um, uh, the macbook on a like a tv tray right. <laughs> and then we like we tried putting up like was it oh it's these closet doors yeah that, you had, that they I were had. detached yeah i had these detached closet doors that the maintenance people hadn't picked up yet so i we kind of used those to like shield buffer it to buffer it yeah we it, ended up with like this little teeny closet of space within your hallway yeah it was so uncomfortable uh but it, i think the interview uh turned out pretty good dominic's a super interesting guy and he had a lot of cool stuff to talk about and it was i think that was when we were still having problems figuring out our like someone on skype because right? oh, our man. first few interviews we had, it's not first few, but when we had Tom and Arno on the show, they were physically here. Well, we had Rich Davey before that. On Skype. On but Skype. It took us several tries, several interviews to get the Skype stuff down. So we, it's still really hard to understand. You have to set up, um, oh, what's that program? That's the other thing. Soundflower? It's Soundflower is this really critically important um, Mac application if you're wanting to do something crazy with your audio. So you can like you, you can set it up so like you can kind of create a uh, you can emulate like a sound interface so you can say like I want my whatever's coming out of my speakers to be piped over to this input mm-hmm. and then you can have other other applications other devices listen to that it's really confusing well it's confusing because like you want the output of the person on Skype to go to a certain audio channel while also getting input from you and I on microphones locally connected and yeah and it's really hard to get all that working to where like I can record everyone in a separate channel. We can both hear Dominic, but not ourselves. So we can hear each other, and we're getting no interference with recording. Like, it, right. it, to get everything perfect the way it needs to be is just basically a nightmare. Like, it, I don't know. I, I feel like I should know this stuff better because I did a lot of audio in college, but it's really hard. <laughs> when we got it working, and the interview went pretty well. And uh, so Dominic was talking about, he mentioned uh, he dropped uh, Impact 2. Mm-hmm. Even uh, even back, when, when was that? This looks like it was 22nd of April this year. April, okay. So he's been working on that for a while. And he mentioned real-time multiplayer, I believe. Really? And he, we were both working on... Uh, oh, X- he was talking about like a Node.js yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, framework for Impact. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, we were both talking about how we were hacking on uh, Xbox a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was Visual talking Studio. about trying to get... Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like nothing really concrete came of that because the JavaScript execution is just so slow yeah on his blog he was saying he got between three and six frames per second with a biolab disaster and that's a disaster (laughs) (laughs) i apologize uh anyway that was that was good and uh it's it shows the strength of his community with impact js that that's our most popular episode because i think it was primarily people who are into impact and they're like hey impact i'll listen to you know a couple of dorks talk to impact sure (laughs) or the impact guy so that anyway, was a good episode. We yeah. should have him on again. I hope to have him on again when he releases Impact 2. We could also talk about Ejecta. 
Oh, Ejecta, yeah. He recently released, uh, it's like an iOS native game wrapper. Yep. It's kind of like Cocoon.js, but only for iOS, iOS and yep. probably very good with Impact.js. Yes. <laughs> Just as that. a coincidence. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's a good one. Um, if you only listen to one Lost Cast, I would probably listen to that one. Yeah, maybe. Yep. I think HTML5, the bad parts, is a good one, too. Oh, that's true. But that one's probably pretty timely, like we were talking about. You know, or like time, tied to the time. That's true. Oh, man. Episode 15, Deus Ex Game Mechanics. I don't know what... Just just, just don't let me name anything anymore. <laughs> I think this kind of started out because we were playing... We were prototyping Lunchbug, and we were trying to find interesting game meta- mechanics. <clears throat> or we were maybe knee-deep in working on it. Um, and knee-deep then in the dead. You had this uh, Lego... Oh, Yeah. I was Lego shopping game. at Target uh, one night, and I saw that Lego had a game, and I was like, what? What a good idea. Like, as a, as a game developer, I'm like, that's so cool, because it's Legos. It means, like, if you don't like how the game works, you just move stuff around. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm going to take this guy's head off and put him there, and I'm going to take this dragon and put him there, and I'm going to build a castle right here, and that sounds awesome, you know? Turns out, really lame game. <laughs> I mean, the rules are really simple. It's like... Uh, Oh, oh, the really, one cool thing was you, uh, the die that it came with had these panels you could remove. Like a Lego die. You could change the panels of the die. Yeah, that was cool. But anyway, you, you roll the die and you move your character like, you know, a certain number of steps down what essentially equates to like a Candyland style board. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like when you get to a, there's like some bad guys and you can like choose to hurt them or not. And it, it's it's very like random number generator based, uh, you know. Looks like we talked about Descent and Hero Quest. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Those are both great board games. Yeah, they're very similar board games. I feel like uh, HeroQuest is my thing, Descent's your thing, but we are we both like them both. Well, and Descent is kind of like HeroQuest made, you know, 15 years later or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's a very, it's a much more modern game, and I think it's a little more complicated, but it's, it's a lot it's, of fun. It's a bit more streamlined. It's more fun, and yeah, it's a bit more complicated, but it's, uh, I'd say it's also overall better. It's great for, if you like playing like D&D with... Uh, like tokens and stuff you probably descended right up your alley yeah we 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 played it at the new year's eve one one night yeah it was uh when your brother ago. was in town yeah my estranged brother i haven't talked to in like two years or something wow he was there at the time but yeah uh i don't know why we're talking about vid pros but that's an ancient company or maybe they're still in business but oh we also talked about the onslaught 2 prototype oh yeah it was kind of fitting because we uh made it with impact yeah so it's actually up on the site somewhere. You yeah, can go you can check play it out. Onslaught 2 demo. It's kind of like what Onslaught would be if it was a scrolling tile map instead of a fixed arena. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd, I would like to work on that. Right. <laughs> but we're too busy, like, tripping over other games. <laughs> hey, Lost Cast episode 16, We Heart Huckabee. That's so actually a good name. That's pretty good. It's uh, If you've seen, uh, is it I Heart Huckabee? I Heart Huckabees, I think. I Heart Huckabees is the name of a movie with, like, uh, Jason Schwartz, Schwartzman? No idea. i never seen it. Oh, okay. Well, I get the reference, but... Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, I remember liking it, but I couldn't tell you what it was about. I think it was a, one of those really bizarre movies that's meant to be kind of nutball. Right. But, uh, yeah, so Joe Huckabee um, is a super cool HTML5 game developer. He made effect games... He was really fun to talk to. He's one of these really high energy guys. You know, like yeah. you can't, you almost can't not be excited around him. I want to have Joe back on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's just always working on a bunch of cool different things and he's got a lot to say about him and is like, <laughs> I, I feel like he was, he was working on like three or four different things that other people 
were known for but he had done first yeah it just just talking to him she seemed very unfair because i'm like wow he's like this pioneer right but no one knows about it because he doesn't like have a blog or whatever you know well he did create effect games yeah yeah and that was that was pretty notable um yep. which eventually did shut down but um it was pretty great it was a great idea and i, I maybe just ahead of the curve because things like construct 2 seem to be taking off these days hmm yeah i guess it's it's very similar only i'd say construct 2 is a little more um well it's a windows downloadable and yeah. then you use the application like you didn't have that going on it was all more web-based and stuff but when you're making, making web-based games it only makes sense to have a web-based gui i think yeah yeah i can see I that. that's fair enough i bet that the construct 2 editor is like i don't know maybe it's not i was thinking maybe like an embedded WebKit or something maybe someday we'll <laughs> we'll have time to investigate that Anyways, uh, but he, he had this really cool hack he brought over a uh this crazy like zombified uh nintendo controller franken controller franken controller yeah that was like glued onto the back of a outlet cover and that was the first time we'd ever played on slot with analog dual analog sticks well unless you count the ipad the virtual dual analog sticks oh that's true i don't count virtual analog sticks (laughs) (laughs) do you count them jeff because because i certainly don't uh no probably not anyway he had this really just check out the blog there's pictures up it's hard to describe it's picture <laughs> picture a mad scientist making a nintendo controller <laughs> and that's and that's what it is uh that was good yeah but joe joe has uh lots of energy and um he's always working on cool stuff and uh oh he's he's got a gold cartridge is the name of his indie company yeah, i wonder if they're min his partner min min yeah the artist I, I wonder if they're moving forward with that sure hope so yeah me too i'd love to see stuff come out of there i'm sending positive vibes his way right <laughs> keep working on games you're such a hippie <laughs> so we talked about this earlier lost guys episode 17 vincent priceless wow is this back-to-back interviews yeah wow. i guess so is that two or three in a row uh i think it was it was uh dominic vincent, joe joe vincent that was our problem we front-loaded all of our interviews we should have spread them out some more right uh interviewing vincent was very interesting because we went to the google plex the google campus in mountain view and um there was, was our a, first remote episode it was it was that's true we had to we were um on the road we picked up all or packed up all our gear we set did. it up in their conference room yeah we all had uh microphones and i had to bring my audio interface and all that and uh google is a properly gigantic corporation um there was a woman sitting in with us i think probably just to make sure that we weren't talking about like the secret google dealings right, you know yeah. like we yeah. have their blueprints <laughs> make sure that vincent didn't say anything he wasn't supposed to right yeah uh, so that was really cool because we are on the surface, you know, like we're at the very, like we're just coding in the JavaScript, co- coding in JavaScript in the browser, like um, floating on top of all this tech, right? Mm-hmm. And Vincent is in the trenches, like working on the tech that we are benefiting from, basically. And he has a very traditional game development background. Like he worked on PlayStation games and right. things like that. Yeah. So like, whereas on, on one end, we're, we're web developers and that's our core competency. And like, we're trying to be game developers. He's the other end. He's like the real deal. He'd been working on like, like low level engine stuff for PlayStation one. And he shipped, you know, his code shipped in PlayStation one games. It's like fascinating to us. Cause it's, you know, the other end of the spectrum. And we love Vincent because a while back he wrote an article in game developer magazine oh, yes. <laughs> about HTML five games. And, he mentioned or he he showed a screenshot of onslaught and so we love that yeah yeah i've probably talked about that on the show before but i when i first saw that i just yelled i was so excited it's you know printed hanging on my wall and i I bought copies for you and then one for arno who we talked about earlier oh because tank world was in there. tank world was in there as well yeah so and impact 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was well, basically onslaught, impact, and yes. well, it was mostly about impact. Yeah, yeah. But there was a mention of tank world and a, and a screenshot of onslaught. Right. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm sure I've talked about that ten million times. I, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Are you? No, okay. uh, I'm fine. <laughs> so episode eighteen. Wow, we're tearing through these. The um, the sorcerers sponsor. Oh right, because that was our first sponsored episode. That was pretty interesting. We were sponsored by Pokey for about three months. Right. Now, as you can tell, we have no sponsor. I'd say, so if you want to pay us money to mention yeah, your name you, on the you podcast. Like to, if you'd like to sponsor Lost Cast, <laughs> please get in touch. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We we have like we were trying for a while to find a sponsor, and, and it finally worked. But um, since then, we've just we're so busy. We're so far behind. Well, we kind of de-emphasize the podcast as like a thing that we do every week that we put a lot of effort into. We're trying to make it more of a... We record it once a week, and then we don't spend too much time editing it or... right trying to make it awesome like this episode i'm not gonna edit this you're gonna get the raw raw jeff and matt well, what if i swear a lot well then uh, <laughs> we talked about this jeff <laughs> Damn it. i will put embarrassing things that you were saying i will splice words together <laughs> fine fine I'm, I'm threatening you i'm sending threatening vibes your way now you're like Wait, an I'm gonna sit right next to you. i can just punch you damn it <laughs> damn it matt um anyway vincent yes uh fascinating guy it was a really interesting experience being we're on past the, that episode we are? Yeah, we're oh, the Sorcerer's Sponsor. Man, what's wrong with me? Stay on track. I know. Sorry. <laughs> yes, the Sorcerer's Sponsor. What is what we talk about? Other than oh, like, we were just like, we, we talked about sponsor now. Dom versus Canvas. Dom versus Canvas. Ugh, that's still a thing. Well, it's, well, it's, it's Probably never going to not be a thing. No, but, I, and I think that we, I think that what we came away with was is that we prefer Canvas mm-hmm. almost 100% because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mostly because like it's uh, homogenous animation code and things like that, um, but we realize that there's a lot of use cases for DOM only or DOM hybrid canvas games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I wouldn't recommend anyone if you have a lot of inputs. If you need to like you know record, like I need a string from the user, like that kind of thing. That's much easier <laughs> in DOM world. Um, but with Cocoon JS and things like that, the canvas approach works way better. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is on that one? Oh, we talked about Diggy apparently. Ugh, again that's such an old abandoned game engine let's talk, stop talking about diggy uh we also talked about lava blade uh, oh. we we're working on lava blade um i guess we were just starting lava yeah we blade, weren't we? Ugh, man <laughs> we were just getting on that train wreck <laughs> it's not a train wreck we'll get there we'll get there yeah anyway um so what's next episode 19 uh canvas story oh so um who did we talk to wait or what is that <laughs> what is that episode uh we're talking about um we had a listener question um and we talked about Lunchbug, uh virtual goods monetization oh Lunchbug was launching that week oh really yeah and we talked about the doll animation tool that we were writing for lava blade oh right yeah i was in the process of making that and it's done now and, and it's really easy to reuse we attended a virtual goods monetization webinar on congregate oh i've been linking people to that when yeah. they're talking about related things like that that was really good stuff uh, yeah i uh, i thought that was really eye-opening especially when you're talking about free-to-play mm-hmm. games um we'd still like to get on congregate man there's just not enough time in the world to put games all the places we want to put them that's true <laughs> and really give them a good treatment like we've put games on congregate but they don't have integration with creds and all the great stuff you'd want to really take advantage of the platform Lunchbug is on moco space but it's not using moco coins right for example it's exactly. using google internet payments and that's like that's not ideal you're just not going to get as good conversion rates so it's like we would love to get back into that and put our games everywhere and integrate with everybody but it's just a question of we, we honestly don't have the time and we have to like 
with our company being where it is right now, we have to go where the money is. Right. So if there is not money up front, like we don't do it because we can't afford it to you right now. But yeah, <laughs> hopefully next year you'll see our games and on more um, platforms integrated with their payment systems. That'd be kind of cool. Yes. So that was that was nineteen. So yep. This is twenty. Twenty. Ooh yeah or oh no. Oh, it's supposed to be ooh no. That's why there's two O's, Jeff. Work with me here. Oh. Ooh yeah or ooh no. Ugh. <laughs> okay, whenever <laughs> you you have to name this episode. Ah, oh, damn it! Here we go. It's the twenty sixth episode. It's one year anniversary. Give me a better name than <laughs> any of the junk that I've been coming up with. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it's hard to be mad about that because it's just like it's just, it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not very inventive. Uh, well, neither are the rest of these. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that hurt. That hurt me right, right here, Jeff. I know it did. So, what did we talk about? We obviously talked about Ouya, which I don't know. I don't What's know. Going have have people anyway. heard about that? Do people? What do you think? The average person listening to Lost Cast right now probably knows what Ouya is. Maybe, but like, I feel like it was all over the internet for like a month or just, two, just, just for a bit. Yeah. And now I think they're probably just plugging away on it now. And people yeah, are like, they're probably just spending their, they're rolling around yeah. their money. <laughs> <laughs> giving it to new hires and they're just like <laughs> in traditional startup fashion they're like you know spending it as much as much yeah. as they can yeah they are they're ramping up and all that um so ouya is a uh, like a android console basically it was on kickstarter it made like 50 billion dollars or something right. stupid like that and uh everybody wanted to actually we had lots of people asking us about it so we just decided to podcast about it right. that way they're like hey what do you guys think about ouya and we're like just here go go listen, listen that's, that what podcast. We, that's what we think of Ouya. yeah but oh, we launched Lunchbug that week too really yeah why didn't we have a an episode about Lunchbug? bug we never did that post-mortem i know that's again we have about a million things we want to do and well that's one of the reasons we keep making some of the, the mistakes that we do is because we haven't had post-mortems to find out what we did wrong and not repeat it again listen matt we got we got lunch bug in the bottom of our shoes We're like i stepped in lunch bug again <laughs> man i thought i figured out how not to do that no 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 we didn't i think we need to make our mistakes at least two or three times <laughs> before we really understand your whole hand gets burned off before you stop putting it in the fire right go us oh uh, oh um the brass monkey guys um had taken onslaught arena and inter- integrated brass monkey with it oh yeah around this time and uh, even even today we're starting to see advantages of having open sourced onslaught arena i think at the time we were kind of nervous about it we mostly just wanted to let it go so we could move on to hopefully bigger and better things mm-hmm. <laughs> that remains to be seen but uh i think for a while we were really nervous about for one exposing our awful what we feel is awful source code to the world <laughs> um and then for a while too we were like i don't really see any advantage to having done that you know but at this point we starting we were starting to see it because um, some people would just take our code and be like, hey, it's on Breast Monkey now, integrated with our stuff. And it's like, oh, cool. I don't yeah. know where I was going with that, really. I don't know, but we also talked about Steam Greenlight. Oh, that was a thing at the time. Man, it's so fascinating to me. I remember asking my brother who, um, he's a, uh, what is he now? Environment lead at EA. What is he's that an mean? environment artist. So he makes like trees and bushes and walls and houses and... Yeah, yeah, like... Mountains. But, yeah, he worked on Dead Space... Uh, and various other games I can't talk about or probably shouldn't. The these days I think he's more of a lead, so he probably sits in meetings and talks to people and crap. But like that's that's what his career has been is like 3D stuff. Anyway, that sounds pretty fun. I I spent a lot of time making um, Counter Strike maps. Oh yeah, and I feel like it's probably similar. He got his job by like his first you know job as a 3D 
uh, environment artist, I guess you'd say, um, because of Quake Mods. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good like way to get your foot in the door. But um, where's I going with that? He, oh, yeah, I remember asking him about Steam Greenlight, and he's like, what's that? <laughs> and I'm like, we, we live in very different worlds. Because I remember, like, <laughs> you know, I follow... Your brother's in the AAA world. He's in the AAA world. He's like, look, if it, if you can't make $20 million on it today, like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> he's, you know, he was just breaking my balls. But if like, it's not <laughs> a game produced by a team of, like, 100 people... I mean, but really what Steam Greenlight is, is like, it's not even a distribution thing. It's a distribution thing for people who don't have audiences, right? So at that point, he's like, we don't, we barely care about Steam. You know, they're EA. They have Origin now. They have right. their own offering. And it's like, I really don't care about like ways for independent game developers <laughs> to, you know, get their game on Steam. Like, cause it's just, I don't know. But to me, I was like, whoa, that's exciting. And like, cause an we don't have any games on Steam. We want no. games on Steam. Although the biggest blocker for us is honestly just getting them wrapped up in the appropriate fashion. I'd say the biggest blocker for us is making a game worthy of being on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did I just break your heart? I, I think you did a little bit. <laughs> I think uh, I'm gonna go cry. What else do we talk about? <clears throat> do we talk about Uno, whatever that is. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, we talked about Spelunky a lot. I think we we're both playing a lot of oh, Spelunky. Yeah. Spelunky. We still talk about Spelunky a lot. That's a great game. It's so good. Oh, I remember um, a, a couple episodes. Maybe it was a pr- most recent episode. Anyway, I was talking about how some of my friends visited from out of town, and we spent just the whole week we just played games mostly nintendo games and we beat 30 nintendo games in a wow. week and one of them was spelunker and i got that <laughs> i got that one i think that i uh <laughs> i uh did not what am i trying to say here like you d- you didn't want to be the one who was playing spelunker it's a oh. bad 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 game interesting bad game but you can see that it had a lot of influence on spelunky at least and I mean, spelunky is a great game so it's like yeah. The concepts there were good. They just weren't executed as well as they could have been. Yeah. I mean, I have, like, I don't know. Derek Yu of, of Moss Mouth, he may tell you that he's never heard of Spelunky or whatever. But Spelunker. Spelunker. <laughs> he's right. probably heard of Spelunky. Uh, <laughs> probably. But Spelunker, if you're not familiar, is an NES game, and it is garbage. And it has a lot of elements that Spelunky has, like, you know, ghosts that come after you when you hold still and, like, or, you know, if you hang out for too long and, obviously, you know, the going underground and, like, that kind of stuff like just bombs and there's enemies and it's it's just it's kind of a similar spiders game. and bats yeah it feels a lot like spelunky only spelunky's 10 billion times <laughs> more polished and better <laughs> but anyway i forgot where i was going with that um i think that's just that's it we just like spelunky we just like spelunky that's that all it's a good game check it out um episode 21 what windows what windows oh we talked about the what wig w3c split Oh, right. And we also talked about something about Windows. Oh, I think we were playing with Windows 8. Yes, we were. So the, the Whatwig split with W3C, that's a uh, that's one of those timely things that's not relevant to you anymore because it's old news. But at the time, what was going on is these two entities were making like a conscious decision to move away from depending on each other. I which think it's, it's actually pretty topical because both those entities still exist and people might like to n- know why... You know what the difference is between the two. Not that we fully grasp that anyway. <laughs> yes, true. They're I think that neither blobs. of us are like neither of us are, are super standards. Standards they, guys. They, I don't know. When I was a web developer, I think I cared a lot more. I was yeah. a W3C kind of guy. You know, like I would point to the documentation, like be like, "That's what that's what it should be." You know, but these days I care about like who is shipped with what. 
Like, I don't even care about what's in Canary. The reason I care about stuff that's in Canary these days is not so I can use it. But what that tells me is that, like, it's got its foot in the door. It's on its way. Like, you can talk about whatever you want as long as you want. But if it's not in Canary, then it doesn't really exist to me. Right. If you're like, hey, well, I'm working on this school and feature. And I'm in, like, blah, blah, blah. Even if it's in Canary, like, it's not something that we can take advantage of. No, yeah. But, like, the, the, I just, I listen for things when they are in Canary. Because then I'm like, ah, it's becoming real, you know? Yeah. Oh, anyway. this is also California Extreme. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was fun. We saw some indie game developers there, Team 2-Bit. Yeah. They're showing off the, their, I guess, X and A games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Xbox Live Indie Games. Face Puncher. So California Extreme is a uh, conference that takes place every year in the Bay Area, and it's basically just a giant uh, like retro um, arcade uh, com- uh, convention, I guess. People just show up with their arcade cabinets and you pay like 35 bucks or something. And you just play retro games all day. That's pretty cool. It's, it's really crowded. T- yeah, that's the problem. It's growing too fast. They need to expand. They need more games. They need a bigger space uh, because uh, like we went and I spent 90% of my time just waiting in line to play the games that I wanted to like Heavy Barrel and And we Magic know how Sword you feel about waiting. <laughs> it's one of your favorite things. Uh, who doesn't love a good wait? I'd like to wait right now. <laughs> Can you, can you, can you like, here, you need to go to the bathroom or something, right? I'll just wait right here. Ah, wait. The sweet bliss of waiting. Ah, waiting. It's the worst. No one, no one likes waiting. So what's our takeaways from the Windows 8 stuff? We, we found that it was pretty easy to get our game running under Windows 8, but we mm-hmm. actually, we didn't uh, build it in for distribution. We have no follow through. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. It's... <laughs> I feel like Microsoft is going to have a really impressive offering from the get-go. You know, they're going to have the big names. Like, I mean, I guess they're already launched, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, they have people in their store. Like, like we would have disappeared in the in the um, the mix anyway. Our problem right now isn't necessarily like we have some distribution, but our games aren't monetizing. Right, like with it, the audience, like it, doesn't scale as well with the audience. Yeah, it would have been pretty hard for us as you know non Windows developers. It's easy to use, to be sure. Like, it is pretty simple to take your HTML5 game, wrap it up, and all of a sudden you've got a Metro app or whatever, but... I think we're just too stubborn to break down and, like, use Windows for a while. Maybe. I don't know. We were hacking on Xbox... <coughs> hacking on Xbox for a bit. But that's because we love Xbox. <laughs> we we really want to play our it's games. Not a, yeah. It's like, I will let Windows get in my way to as a path to getting to Xbox, but right. if, like, if Windows is the end game, then I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm so unhappy. Um, I don't know. Like we'll get our games like it's the kind of thing we're talking about earlier like we want to get our games on more platforms we just don't have the time right now right because we have we have to focus on development of the of the next game but the the plan is very much to start releasing games that are platforms and windows 8 is at the top of our list they're one of the ones (laughs) yes we'll get to it at some point yeah uh so episode 22 html5 d5 html d5 html d5 so my thinking there was like uh you know you'd say like 1d20 Oh yeah! If you're a Dungeons and Dragons player, like a hard, you know, p- paper and pen role playing player, you're familiar with that. It's HTML5 amount of D5s. Yes, right. Yes, <laughs> HTML D5. Because H- it's HTML5. Come on, work with me here. It's a great name. That's actually not bad. It's not. Bad. It's one of your better ones. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Kicking a dead horse here. So, uh, <laughs> oh, this t- was also the Dragons Game Board. So we talked about Brass Monkey a little bit. Oh, Dragons Game Board, which uh, we can see into the future. It has not been uh, funded. <laughs> right. So if you're listening to if you're listening episode, to this first, and then you're going to go back and listen to the Dragon's Game Board, just just skip all that. 
No, no, seriously though, it was put on by uh, the Brass Monkey guys, and it was it was a good Kickstarter. I feel like they had uh, it was they, well produced. They had good videos, I thought, and the concept yeah. I thought was pretty cool, but it just didn't resonate enough, I guess. You know what? I just realized we never got our pins. Oh yeah, we should email them. So they they, um, they took a bunch of the onslaught graphics and they started to like print them and put them on pins and uh, put them into their game board just just as use as placeholder mostly and what uh, what they did was they struck a deal with us where if their kickstarter got funded they were gonna basically pay for us to make new graphics which was great because especially at the time we were like oh yeah i guess i i guess it'd be good to know where next month's rent is going to be coming from <laughs> so so we were totally on board um but yeah it didn't get funded so so oh, there's well. that Maybe we'll maybe they'll do it. Try it again. Hey, you know most uh, Kickstarters fail the first time around. It's hmm. usually like second or third time. So like you know they could totally bounce back, yo. That would be great. Yeah. Um, I had a skydiving video apparently. Oh, the skydiving video! If you haven't seen this, it's hilarious. Go to go look for episode twenty-two and watch Jeff like slow mo walk in with like rock and roll music <laughs> wailing the guitar in the background. I'm so badass. Yeah, yeah, you are. Strapped to some dude. <laughs> strapped like a baby to some dude. You're like, yeah, it takes a real man to be strapped to another man like a baby. <laughs> I think you were uh, bigger than that man, too. Oh, I was, yeah. <laughs> that sounds awkward. Your baby is bigger than you. Uh, but yeah, go, definitely go check that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of our listeners uh, made us aware of this pixel font tool that he had, iSpellcaster. That was pretty cool. Yep. Yes. Oh, uh, we talked a little bit about our different environments. You're a MacVim guy. I'm a Sublime Text 2 convert uh, from TextMate. Were you at the time, even? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I've been uh, using Sublime Text for a while now, hmm. I think. Nice. It seems, doesn't seem like that long because I used TextMate for so long. But I, I spend a lot of time these days. I don't know when this started, but we, we started... Um, was it on... Uh, it might have been when we started Lava Blade, but we, we started to work together. Yeah, it was. It was when we started on Lava Blade. <clears throat> anyway, let me back up. When we were the way that we work is very separate. Like we'll get together and talk about game ideas and high concept stuff. Then we go off and lock ourselves in our various dungeons, <laughs> write some code, write and write code. But then when we started working on Lava Blade, we wanted a lot of the problems that were in Lunchbug to not exist anymore. You know, we wanted this nice, elegant code base we could work with. So we started double dragoning together, where we you know put a we plug our computer in, put the code up on the big screen, and we just work together. And, like, the first day we did it, we were so insanely productive. And not just productive, but also we both have a completely firm grasp on what we're working on, right? Which is important. Which is very important because, you know, like... Game code gets complicated. It does. Like, you'll be working, you're really productive for a day, and then you put a bunch of stuff into the code, and all of a sudden I feel like I'm in a like a foreign place. Yeah. I'm like, where am I, you know? So it was really great, and ever since then we've been really, really sold on it, and we do it all the time now. So, anyway, where I'm going with this is... I I see how you work a lot these days. Oh, yeah. Like most of today, you were the one driving. I drove for a little bit. Yeah, that's But true. you spent most time driving. So I see how you interact with Sublime Text. And I do have to say, I think you're a little more efficient. Hmm. It's the Regex tool. And is also, I think it has um, better I, searching where you can search in your file or outside of your file. It does, yeah. And that, that um, what do you call that? The Like the Finder equivalent? Like the Alfred equivalent. It's like Alfred within your Sublime project. It's pretty cool. It's pretty slick. I have IDE Envy. IDE Envy. I think that in uh, some ways. I need it because I'm a worse typist than you are. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm a bad typist in, in general. Yeah. Like, I've never really learned to type properly, and I've never been able to type very many words per minute. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I, like, got an A in typing class in high school, and I, like, I... I'm really upset that I don't type numbers and uh, special characters as well as I should, but everything else is very, like, I'm very much like an ASDF, JKL, semicolon kind of guy. Like, 
I have my hands in the right place and I can type like 120 words per minute pretty reliably. It's really interesting. Sublime text right now feels to me a lot like typing in the in the terminal because it has pretty great autocomplete for JavaScript. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a. Uh, it also like does variable names and stuff. So a lot of my typing these days is like I type the first two letters and hit tab. Yeah, you do. And like most time I get what I want, but sometimes I don't. Yeah. And then I, you know, <laughs> I have to go back and erase it. It's but, funny to watch you like fl- like flounder around like a dead fish sometimes because you like tab tab tab. Whoa, 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 whoa! What are you doing? <laughs> back, back, back. Yeah. Yeah, I'll hit some like hotkeys I didn't mean to hit, and like half the code will change or something. Right. <laughs> so what else is in that episode? And which episode is this again? Uh, twenty-two. Twenty-two HTML D five. And what's left in that one? For now, I guess we touched on Cocoon.js. I think we launched our Cocoon.js games around that time. Mm. We really haven't put a lot of like promotion behind them yet, uh, mostly because we've been involved in other things, of course. But We made a blog post about Lunchbug and Android is about all we've done. Yeah, I really need to get on that better. and do the uh, iOS versions, too, because it would be good to oh, get yeah. there. I'm probably getting a new phone this weekend, and okay. we've decided that, as a company, LDG should be like balanced, like split between Android and, I- and iPhone. So right. We're too heavily Android. We have, like, I have two... Uh, Galaxy tabs of mm-hmm. two different sizes. I have two Android phones and a really crappy iPhone 3GS or mm-hmm. 3G and an iPad 1 and that's basically it. Yep. And then you have a very similar. Yeah, very similar. So I'm going to get an iPhone especially since the, it looks like they were just refreshed like an iPhone. Like they're not going to make a new iPhone for a while so right. I'm making the switch. That's going to be great. It's great for our QA department. It is, yeah. You'll, we'll finally have someone who's like, hey, iOS, don't, don't leave me out. Right. right. It doesn't work. So HTML, or let's say Lostcast episode 23, HTML5.blur. Um, so that's a JavaScript, like web dev um, reference. Dot blur is what you call on an element when you want it to lose focus. And what we were talking about is how we were starting to bump into problems that anyone working in any um, tech is going to have. Right, like right. You need, even though HTML5 is this awesome already seeming like like platform great holy grail of development you still have to have a good game because yeah. that's what we found out like Lunchbug runs everywhere and no one plays it like <laughs> that's the problem we had at the time you know right so we were talking about how HTML5 needs to be de-emphasized yes it's how we work but it's like there are other problems to pay attention to as well I think the overall point is that the podcast kind of changes with what we're working on you know mm-hmm. once we kind of got past the point where we could do most of the stuff we wanted to with the web browser and get on most of the platforms we wanted to right. fairly easily uh you know then we were the kind of problems we we're running into were just general game development problems i think what we want lost cast to be is the lost decade games podcast and we want it to less be, be less of like this is an html5 game development podcast right well, I, we just we don't spend our time consuming news. Like you and I are the kind of guys we're like. I do. Really? Oh yeah. Oh well. I consume all I consume all the news. I read all the headlines. I don't. I follow you name it, man. Well, I, I Joystick, guess, rock paper shotgun, uh, you know, slash dot hacker news. I guess I don't feel like we're Reddit. prepared to do like a weekly digest podcast of what's happening in the HTML5 world. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I feel like if that's what you want, you can be pretty well served. Maybe not in the podcast area. Like as far as an H- like a podcast that's primarily about HTML5 game development, <laughs> we might be the only shop in town, you know? That's true. Uh, but if, you know, if you would just want news in general, like, you you can get it. It's out there. It's everywhere. We were also talking a lot about getting our games on, on Steam and stuff and wrappers. Oh, yeah. We were investigating wrappers. Oh, we were talking about how we're business to business. 
We are these days. Uh, more so are. than business to consumer. And we, we still, it's still the case. It is still the case. We would love to be uh, business to consumer, um, but that's not paying the bills. We need, we need an audience. We need consumers first. Right. So we'll get there. But that's episode 23. Oh, so, so Lost Cast 24, Return of the Jeff and I. Um, that sh- should be a fairly, that's another Star Wars reference. Should be fairly obvious. Oh, did you I not get, get that? No, you, I didn't. Oh, if you don't get it, I bet nobody else got it. What, what did you? What did you think it was? I thought it was some kind of reference to like the king and I or something. King and I, because clearly I would be the king. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk! Well, I, I, I literally, I did not get the Jedi reference. Well, I bet no one did that. So let me spell it out here: Return of the Jedi. That so that's a good Star Wars movie, right? Yes, it is. So Return of the Jeff and I. Kind of like Jedi. I know, I get it. It's terrible. Terrible. It's terrible. It's okay, you, though. You you are naming this one. Okay, fine. You have three days to name it. Wow. Three so days. So soon. I know. Or I'll break your legs. Okay, well. <laughs> anyway, what did we talk about? Good so this thing was I don't first... need this for coding. <laughs> was it a month? Or, no, it was 50 days, wasn't it? 50 days between Lost Casts. Wow, that, that well, was the was biggest o- gap in Lost Cast history. This was October 30th when... Recorded Return of the Jeff and I. Right. So episode twenty three is fifty days before that. Wow. So what we talk about in our first episode in almost two months? Uh, we talked about. Oh, you were on some podcasts in the meantime. You were on a oh, couple yeah. episodes of VG Empire and Laser Time. Yep. Um, those are great podcasts. If you haven't heard those, you should go check them out. Especially the ones that I'm on. Because we, why not? We we went to the Cocoon JS meetup. Oh yeah, that um, was I, fun. I talked about our, yep. our experience with you got Cocoon up JS. and talked about Lunchbug and demoed it and talked about Cocoon JS. Oh, the GitHub Game Off comp started. Oh, it's uh, going on right now. It's How's that going? not too late, although no, it's not too late. It's only the fifteenth. Um, I am terrified because there are over a thousand forks of that repository. Whoa! Of the GitHub Game Off, so I'm like, how many games am I gonna have to judge here? Like, I got my own games to make, you guys. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I mean, people fork easily and maybe, like, there, uh, my guess is there's going to be a lot of empty repositories that don't see any updates, you know? Maybe. So yeah. maybe there's only, quote, only 100 out of those over 1,000. <laughs> oh, we also launched, launched Lunchbug with AOL, the new games.com, new.games.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, and we started the Lava Blade Alpha. Yes, we did. That's actually still technically going on, and it will be for a while. Well, we're uh, digesting the metrics and yeah. So, like Andrea is a user researcher um, by trade, and she's um, been gathering stuff. Oh, I need to make that blog post. I want to make one about um, the Lava Blade feedback word clouds. Oh yeah. Uh, so we have kind of like survey uh, forms people can fill out after playing the game, and um, Andrea went through and took common words and made word clouds out of them. That's awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah, again. I'll put that on the blog. I just need to. I need to find the time. Um, I'm checking. Uh, oh, yeah. 1,382 forks as of this speaking. Wow. <laughs> I'm so screwed. You're going to be testing a lot of games. When does oh. it end? Uh, it so it's over. I, I believe it ends December 1st. Um, yeah, I thought that was a whole bit. It's like it was November. Just the month of November. You make their game, make your game, and then, um, yeah. Yeah, December 1st. That's the deadline. So... Yeah, as of this, um, as of you, you're hearing this, you probably have two weeks. Although, as we talked about, you might find this podcast a year later. In which case, <laughs> too late. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but yeah, so GitHub, GitHub game off. That should be cool. What else we talk about? Um, I don't know. That was that was about it. Level blade alpha onslaught. I was also on Android, so we have onslaught defense and oh yeah, lunch bug and lava sword all on Android at that point. So lost cast twenty five. 
And so that was last episode. Yes, that was the most recent episode. That was like a week or two so ago. This title, it's binary, obviously, but yeah, I, I haven't bothered to look it up. What is it? Well, it's Lost Cast twenty five. Oh, was it twenty five? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes sense. <laughs> oh, come on, that's a great name. It's so memorable and clever. It's Ugh. kind of funny. I was like, I was like, oh, it's binary. I don't really care what it says. Man, what does that say that you, not even you care and you're on the show? If anyone will care, it needs to be you, you jerk. Oh, man. So what do we talk about here? This was our... Oh, hey, I just noticed a... Oh, I can't stand typos. I, I wonder why I don't ever bring that stuff up. I just kind of let you name stuff and I'm like, whatever. Don't care. I think once in a while you do grumble about it. You're like, Matt, that's a stupid name. But that, that's all that you do. You're not like helpful. You're not like, yo, dude. I got I'm only a, negative. I got a bunch better name. How about how about magical name that's awesome and solves all of our problems no you're always just like matt yeah you really suck <laughs> is, that, is that your the, jeff voice you're the least helpful co-founder that's my mumbly jeff voice matt matt you're you're stupid you're crappy <laughs> i should record that and play it over and over again in your head <laughs> like uh, put it on repeat on your itunes or something leave me voicemail hey matt just a reminder you're pretty crappy um anyway wow the show notes there's only four bullet points those will be the shortest show notes in lost cast history that was an hour episode apparently yeah what are we talking about for an hour that only has four oh we're working on real-time multiplayer code we were talking about precision hinting and stuff like that oh here's where in the last episode we failed or i failed to to remember the joke there are only two hard problems in computer science cache and validation naming things and off by one errors hey there's the joke <laughs> you get it you get it? I do. I get it. Ugh. You disgust me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. So you can play our games on your 360, technically. If you're an Xbox Gold subscriber. Yeah, because you need to download Internet Explorer. And but, if you want to interact with the game using the Xbox controller as a mouse, essentially. Right. Yeah. So Lunchbug or Onslaught Defense are playable and uh, Onslaught Arena, which would be the best on the, with the controller, is not. But... Uh, other than that, I don't know what we talked about. We must have just been babbling about Warhead for almost an hour, right? I'm sure. Hmm. We can usually have a good babble. Whew. 25 episodes, and then this is uh, this what? is number 26. So what did we talk about in episode 26, Jeff? Not doing a recap of the episode <laughs> we did a recap of. Damn it. Wow. Well, so we've got a year of episodes. Oh, and uh, you probably, uh, hopefully, listen to all the songs at the end. Oh, every single episode has ended with a Joshua Moore song. Right. Whether it's, um, I think most of them have been original songs for our games, but there's probably also been a fair amount of remixes from other games, like everything from Sonic the Hedgehog to... But they're all his creations. They're all his creations. Um, <clears throat> Joshua Morse does all of our music and sound effects, and he's awesome. And I uh, I want to do anything I can to like help get people listening to his music, not just because I love it, but also because I, I want to show him appreciation for helping us with our games, you know? And it's only good for us. Like, if he makes a living as a music composer forever, or, you know, as his full-time job. Right. Clear your throat. That's gross. <laughs> Man, I got a frog in my throat today. It's not yeah. good for the podcast. Yeah, but we, we love Josh, and... Um, we want to we want to see his music spread. Go 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 check out some of his albums. Go download the Onslaught um, OST or something. And I don't know if you've done this every single episode, but most episodes you put a little clip at the end. I don't know if it's been every single like a little one. Outtake. I think it, I think it has been. I think yeah. every single one, even the ones I I don't like I haven't spent all that time editing like for example this one. I think I have. I think every single well, actually I don't know if they all end with like a little like the moment of zen we were talking about. Mm -hmm. I think uh, that was a thing that we started doing um boy i don't know 
maybe a, an avid listener might have a better idea. But definitely, when you listen to any episode, it ends with the Joshua Moore song, and then most of them at the end, there's like a little clip, like sometime somewhere where we messed up or some funny out bit. of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. But anyway, whew, that's us talking for, how long has this been now? Uh, 94 minutes. Wow, we talked an hour and a half. That's pretty good. So I wanted it to be something kind of special for our uh, 26th episode, because 26 is such a, no, that 26th number itself doesn't really have a lot of meaning, but nope. this is our one our year. Anniversary episode. Anniversary episode, which as we talked about at the beginning is uh, if we did, we're doing one episode every two weeks, that would be 26. Yeah. 52 weeks in a year that's great well we kind of hit our target of the amount of episodes we wanted to do and we'll probably continue to do as many as we can yep if you're just uh finding the podcast um we hope you'll go back and as we said you could listen to some of the best ones which would be like some of our interviews and html5 the bad parts um if you've listened to them all thank you so much you're the reason that we do the show we should uh, bubble up on the lost cast page like popular episodes you know we have a list of here's oh, all the true. episodes in yeah. chronological order but we should have like if you just want the gems, you need to listen to these three or five or whatever. I find that stuff really interesting. Brett was saying, so VG Empire is a podcast I've been on a few times, and it's all about video game music. And he was saying that his most popular episode is uh, Mario Kart. Hmm. And I think it just, uh, maybe it's the most popular game that he's talked about. I don't know. But like whatever whatever it is, I think that, that kind of thing is really interesting. Hmm. Make Maybe that podcast, like his podcast, like someone was spreading it on like a really popular Mario Kart forum or something, right. you know? And like clearly, like as we were saying, like the, the reason our Impact episode is the most popular is because of the, the strength of Dominic's audience. Yeah, right. People care about Impact and use it. Definitely. <clears throat> but we're losing our voices. Uh, we just, we appreciate you listening. And uh, as always, feedback's appreciated. It'd be great if you want to comment on the blog or tweet at us or uh, write a review in iTunes. It's all uh, really appreciated and it, um, it adds a, a bounce to our step and really makes our day. Yep. So we'll see you next time.